no, it's the Creator Spaces show. Do you consider yourself a creator? Good question. Most of the people are creators, if not everybody, but I would say yes. So tell me about what you're making. Sure. I run a main business called Legitric by CH, and it's an authentication company for luxury items, whether that's uh, sneakers, watches, bags, or clothing, or even collectibles, actually. People either send us pictures, and they pay when they do that, and we come back with a verdict, or we teach them how to authenticate stuff for free for our public resources, and that's where we get the 6 million all-time users figure from. So we help, I would say, more than 6 million people with our guides, and a part of them want our service because when we do that, they can also get their money back from uh, institutions like our certificates, which is what gets them their money back, are trusted by PayPal, eBay, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So and that's my resolution component. Exactly. Yeah, we do a couple of other things in this main business. But to quickly note the other things, I'm currently building a tool for SaaS founders, which should help them find and set the perfect pricing for the tool called Price Unlock. I'm the moderator of Reddit SaaS. That's a community with about 20,000 people, something like that. Right. And I write a monthly investors update. Investors with air quotes, I should say, because I'm completely bootstrapped up until this moment, at least. This investors update is called Dear Mom slash Investors. So yeah, those are a few of the things to start with. Tell me a little bit about Price Unlock. How's it work? I'm very happy that we're recording this because it, it's at a point where it's at maybe crossroads. So the idea, very short, was after you create a Price Unlock account, connect to Stripe, embed a snippet of code anywhere you have your prices shown, whether that's your billing section, your marketing website on the pricing page or whatever. And then we deliver the prices for you and charge the user the correct price. And when I say charge the user the correct price, what I mean is with a dashboard that Price Unlock would give you, you'd be able to, one, localize prices, which is something that Apple, Netflix, etc., etc., do. And then two, you'll be able to run pricing tests, whether that's A-B testing, schedule tests back-to-back. So let's say this pricing from weeks uh, one to three and this pricing from weeks four to six, like it's all configurable. That's what the idea started out with with. Love it. Yeah, I started with bootstrappers because of the simplicity and because they're very reachable. Like most yeah. bootstrappers are saying stuff like, hey, my DMs are open or they post on Indie Hacker. So I like the accessibility of this audience, but they keep directing me towards a more mature profile of a company. And I set myself some standards like I'll be targeting bootstrappers who do at least 5,000 in MRR. But then I talked to my friend Saba from Veed.io who was doing 4 million in ARR when we chatted a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> now he's already past 5 million because of the explosive growth they've had. And I did get some positive feedback from him, but with the caveat that I would first need to be vetted. I plan to perform self-surgery, so to speak. So when Price Unlock is ready, I will be using it for LegitCheck, my main product. How do you build up your audience? So let's say with Price Unlock, Legit Check, and the newsletter or your Twitter, because it seems like you build everything in public 100%. And I love that. And so I want to dig in around this philosophy you've got. The longer stories on LegitCheck, which didn't start out as a business, it started out as I wanted to learn how to code and I was making this app. Learned that I don't like coding at all, although I love seeing somebody else code or talking about it. And I just released this app teaching people how to authenticate stuff, how to tell between fake sneakers and authentic ones. And the short of it is that I just left it there, thought it was a one-off project. And it kept growing, like it kept reaching different milestones, like 10, 20, 30, 40, 50k users. And I'll keep doing this thing of celebrating it 
for a bit, but then really getting back to work because I was doing graphic design. So 50,000 all-time users, I would chat to them every now and then. And at about 350,000 all-time users for Legitcheck, we turned it into a company because I was getting DMs from people saying, hey, you made this guide on how to authenticate stuff. I have this pair. Could you authenticate it for me? Because I, I used your guide, but I'm not really sure. And I used to keep helping people for free. But the problem was that at about that moment, 350,000 all-time users, which was April 2019, I was getting three to 10 emails, DMs, all sorts of messages a day. Wow. And I couldn't keep up to a point. I was feeling a bit bad of not helping everybody. So I said, somebody has to have priority. So we can do that by charging. So we're going to decimate the daily help we're offering. But then we're taking that money, pouring it back into the company. And I guess philosophically speaking, that's what a company is or could be. You're getting funded by your customers so you can re-pour that money into making the experience better. In our case, what that meant was we charged money for authenticating an item so we can make more authentication guides. And that's really what happened in the last two and a bit years. We've written more than a million words on how to authenticate various items, which are going to be there for the next years. We're going to update them as better replicas come out. But we started with sneakers and now we're doing everything from a Rolex watch or a Hermes bag to Adidas general releases. So anyways, that's the quick story. Building the community or the audience is a better word for Legitcheck is really down to helping them first. Because on our website, when you're about to place an order, so pay the $20 for us to authenticate, right below the add to back button, there's another button that says, are you looking for a free alternative? Check out our guides. And yeah, you have to spend a couple of minutes reading the guide and looking at the pair. It's not comfortable, but for people who might have to save an entire summer to get an expensive pair of shoes, they don't want to pay us the extra 20 bucks when they've saved after a couple of months, three, four hundred dollars. Back to your main question on how we're growing an audience, we help them and we help people for free and they pay with their time because when we pitch to somebody something, we use that metric of average time spent on a website, which is a minute and a half across three to 400,000 people. And yeah, does that answer your question? I think so. It sounds a lot like SEO and being... A lot of SEO, 100%. But also a bit of word of mouth because we have this, it's not a strong networking, not network effect, viral loop, I guess, where if you're buying a pair, a lot of buyers show our guide to the seller. Or if you're mm. selling the pair, sellers show our guide to the buyer. And it. it goes hand in hand. So talk to me a bit about the community. How has SAS Reddit come into existence? How long have you had it in your control and uh, how is it? Absolutely. I've taken over the subreddit, I think, two and a half years ago. And when I took over, it it had about 4,000 subscribers. In the meantime, we've grown it to 20,000. And I think really the acceleration in growth is going to be seen in the following months as it's only recently that I started doing these bi-weekly AMAs, which, you know, there's stuff in it for the community, there's stuff in it for the guests as they get exposed to a... We had Hitan Shah the other day, and he was saying how he loved the questions because he said, all the questions were from a bunch of people just trying to create something Mm -hmm. that is good for the world. So although it's not to my credit necessarily, that really felt like a good compliment because our aim, even though despite what I just said, our aim isn't to grow to be like Reddit Entrepreneur, which has almost a million subscribers. I at least want to keep a targeted audience, which is what Heaton's compliment was about. So yeah, you've asked about when did it start, how it is now. Did you ask as well about what we do to grow it? Oh, definitely. That's really the core question. I think at the end of the day is how you grew to this point. 
Yeah, it's a question I haven't answered. It's really down to <laughs> this long prelude I had, which is that we're trying to keep the community, I don't want to say pure, but targeted. I'm at a loss for words here, but I, I guess people understand what I mean. To grow it, it has to grow in a healthy manner, unlike a unicorn or what the startup world is used to. And that materializes in people finding a place in it. People who are actually just about SaaS. Because you've got indie hackers, but indie hackers isn't just SaaS. Or you've got red entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm but- mostly a productized service indie hacker. Yeah, there we go. So we accept people from all kinds of... Look, so productized, that's a perfect example. Subscription, not entirely SaaS, but there's a lot of overlap with SaaS people. So if you come every now and then and talk about those areas that overlap, hey guys, what do you do about churn? What do you do about Stripe integrating with this and that? What do you do about the email workflow to people who might or might not convert? That's a lot of overlap. And if you, Michael, keep in your head this place of, oh, Reddit SaaS, that's where I find a bunch of SaaS geeks or very targeted (laughs) SaaS interested people, that's really my aim. Now, I still haven't answered the question which is how we grew. We, we try to keep at bay people who don't fit into this or people yeah. who are too foreign or what bigger subreddits are accused of. Oh, we've grown past this point and now it's only people shilling their product. In Reddit SaaS, I have this luck of it's a good thing to be transparent. But for instance, I would remove a post that just self-promotes. But if you're smart about it and you self-promote, but you also share your top 10 findings when you reach this milestone of 10K MRR mm-hmm. or whatever, there, there's win-win for everybody. You take that space at free advertising, but you also teach others off, even if it's bullet point list. We had this gentleman called Stefan from friendly.is. He posted on Indie Hackers and he had some good engagement about reaching 10K in MRR. And I said, hey, would you like to post on the subreddit? Maybe I can help you shape it. And we had a quick convo and most of the credit is his, not mine. But his post is now in the top 10 posts of all time. And that's right below Saba, which I just mentioned from Veed, whose post is an AMA. And his title is, after being rejected by Y Combinator, we've bootstrapped a company to $4 million in ARR in under two years. So that's a mouthful there. But right below, you will see Stefan sharing his 10K MRR milestone just because he shared the bullet point list of some things he's found. And this proves again that it doesn't have to be 3,000 word article. So that's a very long-winded example of how we're trying to keep the community targeted. I I know you don't like the phrasing, but I think keeping it a pure community is probably the fastest way to answer that question. Um, Yeah. Keeping it clean from outside interference might be another way to phrase it. Absolutely. Time for the lightning round. What's your primary source of revenue? Oh, Legitrick by far. Revenue has been going down a bit. We were doing 20K, 18K during the pandemic. So we had that very, very fair correction because the pandemic was a boost for us. Unfortunate situation, but just fact. This month we might be doing 14K. Wow, that's way more transparent than I was expecting, but I love it. (laughs) What's your North Star metric for success? How do you know you're on the right path? Oh, Michael, I'm going to disappoint here. Oh, I'm going to be so cliche. It's that binary switch. It's either on or off of whether I'm excited about getting out of bed, sitting at my desk and working on the next thing. Cliche, but true. Yep, That or some variation thereof is my most common answer. What's your current goal as a creator? If it could be specific and measurable. Absolutely. Specifically measurable is this. So pre-selling a product that I'm about to build such that I get, let's say, so as measurable, $1,000 worth of pre-sales will be validation for, yes, it is worth building that and spending next year on it. Nice. I like it. And so final question for you. If you could send a tweet back to your start, what would it be and when would it be? 
you get to choose the start? That's a lovely question. Tough one to say, really, because I'm 23. So the start isn't that far away from today. But maybe back when I was making the app in the first place, which was my first year of university, I was 19. I was turning 20 that year. Aim higher, but other than that, I keep doing the same thing. I wish I would have a stronger. No, that's, that's a pretty good answer. I mean, aim higher, but keep doing the same thing. I feel like that's pretty good advice. Keep doing the same thing is having the same input because aiming higher is going to drag that input a bit higher as well. 